Welcome back to Coffee and Cortisol, your PA podcast. This is episode five, part two, where we'll be finishing our conversation we started last week with part one, where we talked about what you need to do in academia to succeed in PA school or to get to PA school. And so now we're going to start talking about work experience and extra things you can do to get into school. We're coming to you today from sunny Oakland. I'm David. I'm Rose. And this is your podcast. So Rosie, what are some things people could do as a potential student? You know, our topic was so big last week on all the academic aspects of getting into PA school, but we forget that there's two big categories we still want to discuss. One is your experience, and the second is the extra things that make you who you are as a student and as an applicant. So, David, let's start off with experience. Um, what, how, how do you characterize your experience as you were preparing for PA school? Uh, I would say it was fairly traditional. Okay. I don't think I did anything like Peace Corps. I mean, I know I didn't do anything like Peace Corps, but I wasn't really out on a limb as far as what I did. So uh, for those of you who are, are new to our episodes here, I listened to, or not listened to, I'm sorry, I was a CNA uh, for a few years. I worked unofficially and then I officially got certified. Um, and then I also did scribing work before I uh, started school. So. Um, little bit of patient care, a little bit of non-patient care, but I would say pretty standard stuff. What, what about you? What was your experience? Um, I would say my experience is pretty diverse. Um, I have always been a student, it seems, always in school taking something. Uh, being of a radiology background, I was in the hospital, you know, 90% of my life. I feel like in my 20s was all in the hospital. Yeah. Um, however, I also wanted to really diversify my experiences by being part of... Um, other organizations like Global Health. So um, I acquired learning hours by partaking in trips and stuff for that. Um, but as far as gaining, and that those hours were medical hours, which was great, but that was actually something I did later on. When I first was applying for PA school, I knew that my hours um, or my, my experience in the hospital would contribute to that component. Um, and kind of, since I keep bringing up hours, <laughs> um, they really go hand in hand. So the way I was looking, the way I approached it as I was applying was I was thinking, how do I look basically, um, where was the majority of my experience? What kind of um, person was I shaping in my application? And how many hours do I need to dedicate to maintaining that persona in my application? And should I go ahead and start to kind of branch out and incorporate, you know, to show them I'm more well-rounded? And so that's where like my affiliation with like the global health chapters came in because um, I wanted to show them that it wasn't just radiology for me. I wanted to work um, with a diverse population of people. So um, I wanted to get more involved in groups that did that. Um, so that was pretty cool. I think that's a really good idea and good point because while I think your work experiences was pretty set for the, the course before school, you looked at different ways to round out your application. You don't want to be stuck at a job for 10 years doing the same thing because frankly like I don't think after like 4,000 hours that really starts to uh, differentiate you from other people and that doesn't mean that you're not learning things that doesn't mean you're not uh, developing as a person and that doesn't mean you won't be a good candidate if you are in a job currently for a long time but I think you have to find ways to make yourself look good on paper because that's how you have to get in the door and then once you're through the door then you can explain where those uh, those hours and stuff come to you Uh, you know, I, I think 
for myself, um, I, I worked as a CNA for a majority of my hours. I would say that was about 80%. Um, and that's great patient care hours. And that's what counts. And for those of you that don't know, patient care hours are hours you've worked with patients, had interactions with them, uh, you have, which is super important for a lot of programs where they needed to be paid patient contact hours. And then I also was a scribe, which at the, I, I don't know if it counts now, but at the time I was, uh, it didn't count. So that was extra medical experience, but not patient care experience. So you have to be able to differentiate that and check on that to make sure that you're compliant. Um, but scribing, I thought in some ways was almost more beneficial than being a CNA because I was able to see the provider side of things. But uh, Rosie, had something else you wanted to Oh yeah, um, basically, I think you touched on it, the patient versus non-patient care yeah, hours. that's huge. Um, and so for someone like myself who was in the same world for 10 years, um, I wish I think, I, I wish I branched out a little bit more than I had within my own hospital world. Um, that's what I was actually trying to get at, but I, but we made me that point, so. Well, and it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that like, if you are in the same, if you're listening to this right now and you've been a nurse for 10 years or you've been doing whatever you've been doing for 10 years, like that is, doesn't mean that you're not going to get into school. Like people get into school with long work histories and, and we, one of our people in our cohort is 50 years old and she, she was at her job for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean, don't feel like you're excluded, but if, if you have an opportunity to branch out with work in different ways or with clubs like uh, World Health, make sure you're doing that and make sure you look good on paper. Yeah. So um, what a, can you talk a little bit about hours specifically? Yeah, um, I think I'm in the same boat as you are. When, when we first were applying, um, I think 1300 was like the magic number that I had seen. Like make sure you have that many hours of direct patient care um, as David had described earlier. So that was really important to, you know, I knew I had met that. So I, since I hit the hours requirement, then that's when I was like wanting to branch into, well, what, what is the qualitative aspect of those hours? Not just the quantity, but what can I get out of it? But I also wanted to talk about non-patient care hours um, because those come in handy too. So for me and my experience, I took on roles of leadership um, within the work field. I took on um, a managerial role at some point because I thought maybe I want to go into management um, you know I will say if you have that opportunity please try it and do it because um, at the time I was thinking you know po the politics of the hospital was actually what kind of <laughs> stemmed a lot of my desires um, going forward like how I wanted to be a part of a reform I wanted to be part of policy um, and because I wanted to impact the the quality of our patient care um, essentially so how I spent my non-patient care hours was significant as well and I got more um, up-to-date on health policies within uh, my state within my within my county within the United States like um, those getting involved in that way in your in your roles I think is is priceless because it just kind of helps shape you as a person and it helps you um, kind of have a standpoint a ground a foundation to stand on as a practitioner um, to know what what's valuable to you and what's meaningful to you. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? <laughs> what no, no, your no, thoughts? No, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's um, anything that can help build you up as a person is. I mean, whether or not too some of this might not get you into PA school, but it does uh, affect you. I think down the road, mm -hmm. regardless. Like, I mean, there there's you know sometimes we're studying for a test and sometimes we're studying for life too. Um, hashtag deep. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, th I think everything you said makes a lot of sense. And, and, you know, in some ways, like, I'm listening to that now, and I'm like, I'm kind of jealous. I wish I would have done more of that. And, you know, there's... I feel about the scribe stuff. I'm like, right, yes! Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the moral of the story is we can't do everything, right? We just got to do what's custom to us. And what was available in my world at the time was an opportunity. And um, I, I could not tap into the MA or the CNA or the scribe role. It just was not offered in our hospital setting. So it's interesting because you were able in your role to get that, but look, we're both here in the same program. Right. So make hay with what what's presented before you, Agreed. and uh, you know, roll with the punches. I think that's you know that can always be a, a benefit too when you're sitting down in front of your people and you're about to be interviewed. Um, sorry, the staff and you're about to be interviewed. You know, you can spin that as like I couldn't be a CNA because of life circumstances, but here's how I turn that into Boom. you know making lemon lemonade out of lemons, yes. essentially. So. Um, I wanted to talk a little <laughs> bit, you mentioned uh, ours, the 1300 being the golden number. Yeah. And I think uh, in my experience, it's it kind of varies per program because I saw some that were like 50 hours of patient care Got and it. some were like 2000. But then you looked at their, because a lot of programs will have, I don't know if they have to, but they a lot do post their stats on what their average student does or has for their resume. So essentially yeah. like 3.7 GPA, you know, uh, 2,000 hours of patient care. So you can kind of see that. And if there's a, the school you have your heart set on, look into those statistics and figure out where you match up and where your goals kind of need to be because you should be as close to that as possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, I think you're right though. Usually it's, it's more is better. Um, you don't see a lot of people coming in with 10,000. I think that's kind of rare, but it yeah. does happen for people who have a different journey and that's that's not I don't think that's a negative it just isn't very common I will say um, not to counter exactly but as someone who does come from the greater than 10,000 world um, I, I applied with a lot of hours I probably I had well over 10,000 at that point um, and I, <laughs> my opinion my personal opinion and take it or leave it is if you feel like you've hit your hour requirements and you feel like you, because um, remember it's paid, you know, and if you could do this, expand your your portfolio. If you can take a step away and do some volunteering even, just so that you can have that exposure, do it. Because I am a 13,000 hour person. Um, yeah, 10 years is a lot of time, full-time work, working multiple hospitals. And at some point you, you, you're getting the exposure and that's fine, but like mine was in such a big specialty that I didn't get um, to see, like I wasn't in the ER as much as I wanted to be, or I wasn't in an OR as much as I wanted to be. And if, if you can still find that shadowing opportunity to go do those things and really observe what that involves, um, then do it, please. <laughs> um, if you could do it, that's a big if. Yeah, I wonder, I, I wanted to talk to you about this too, because, um, you know, I just just some thoughts coming to me. I feel like in some ways, like once you feel comfortable in your job, do you think that might be a good time just to mm -hmm. find another one? Because I, I feel like, you know, as far as, and, and, and another thing, well, I'll get to that later. Um, but, you know, because once, once you feel like you have a handle on your job, you're not learning as, at the rate you should, I, I personally feel like maybe that's time to, to switch things up. And that doesn't necessarily mean you need to get a whole brand new job, but try a different department, try a different, uh, yes. something get get a different certification so that you can if if you can become an ER tech you know versus a CNA you know try and bump up a level depending on what you're allowed to do or 
you know, but I think even changing hospitals can be beneficial. Maybe, maybe not as beneficial as like changing quote unquote specialties, but what do you think about that? I totally wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> um, once again, I don't know, anyone from the Bay Area knows how costly it is to live here. So, you know, sometimes we don't have that luxury because we have to work to live kind of deal, which is unfortunate. But um, if, once again, big if, if you are in a setting where you have that flexibility, um, I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea. I think it just adds to you as a person. It expands on your networking abilities. Um, it gives you priceless tools that you can access as a student in PA school. Um, yeah, I think it's major. And uh, for me, let's see, if I were to go back and change over, I think I would end up being an MA. Okay. Um, would Why is that? Because I, from what I understand, and I could still be limited um, in my knowledge and understanding, but I feel like they work mostly in primary offices or even in specialty offices at the interview level where the provider works with the patient firsthand. Um, so you get to actually observe every day, patient to patient, the interview skills that your doctor has, you charting abilities, um, all things that I feel like I've kind of, I don't wanna say struggle with, but have really, I've had to put more work in those categories in PA while being in PA school personally so I think had I got that experience as an MA maybe that would have helped because I would have already had the clinical care experience under my belt like I said I probably would have branched out after feeling a certain sedentary time within my role you know I, I wonder too if if you'll feel the benefit of your experience more in clinicals than didactic because mm -hmm. I, I don't know if there's really a profession that really prepares you for didactic charting's kind of a pain and like it did take me a little while to learn that with scribing but you eventually figure it out and i think you're getting the handle of charting now totally um, Finally. you know they, they, they definitely <laughs> drill it in your head before we go to clinicals but i wonder it'll be interesting to have this conversation again after mm -hmm. clinicals to see where you're at after that because that's where i'm kind of looking to thrive myself is is i just feel like clinicals are where the real stuff happens and it's because yeah. I, I don't think of myself as particularly a great student and so uh, being able to interact with people and make a decision based on um, several David's circumstances. A, David's a great student. <laughs> a plus 4.0. Yeah he's being shy <laughs> but um, no that's that's good feedback for sure. Um, what about the extras? What did you do in, with the clubbing? <laughs> Clubbing, uh, lots of that in undergrad. Um, no, oh, yeah. uh, you know, to be honest, I did PA club, PA program, pre-PA club, yeah. whatever that's called. I don't remember the name. Um, pre-PA club sounds right. Be honest, I always forgot to go. Um, wow, truth hurts. <laughs> it would be like on Tuesday nights, and then it'd be like seven o'clock. Oh, it's like shit, that started at six thirty. Um, so I, I wasn't the best with getting there, but I by the senior my senior year, I uh, I was more committed and serious about getting there but um to start i you know i'm trying to think of what else i did i think that might have been it is just pre-pa i mean i was active with volunteering in certain ways um i, I volunteered as a coach and um, some other programs but i also i volunteered at a hospital to get my foot in the door Sweet. Um, so those that was about the extent i really did not have a ton of quote-unquote extras um what about you um well every i went through a lot of under well I didn't just go to one school for undergrad, I went to junior colleges, so I was also part of 
clubs there, but um, my clubs are based on whatever I felt passionate about. Um, so I would definitely was part of like multicultural awareness clubs was a big thing for me. Um, and also like environmental movements were pretty big for me. <laughs> um, like what are we talking? Like are you, are you tra- chaining yourself to a tree or? Not to that degree, more of just like, uh, actually it was more socioeconomic um, and ecological balancing type of things. And I won't go into details about this. We'll save that for another episode. Right? Exactly. But um, going back to my med, I was part of a good number of medical clubs through the school, or like one club obviously at each school I was at. Um, But the biggest one was definitely Global Brigades, which was um, offered through my university as well as one of the junior colleges I went to. So, and I went on a trip to Panama with them. Um, that's what I was talking about earlier. Very so nice. I spent a lot of time with them. Um, they did a lot of community outreach. Uh, when it, it just kind of, it fueled my drive to want to come to PA school because um, I was working within, with people in, within my own community. And I thought, oh, it was exciting. It just, you know, it pumps you up. So that's, that's the pro, I think, a big, big pro of joining a club. Um, it helps you find your passion. So do you think it pushed you towards PA? Like, did, was that like an totally. extra, like, breath of fresh air to like keep going yeah I agree I I totally think that that was what had happened (laughs) and then um I also was part of my school's pre-PA club um I served on some uh, some I forget honestly I really forgot what role I had but uh I was kind of right there with you where we didn't have (laughs) many uh we didn't have many meetings but when we did have meetings I I did try to make a point to be there um because what would happen was our PA schools around the area would come and actually speak at our meetings. Which, Same. Yeah, Same. I thought was really cool, super valuable. And so if you, you know, take that time, please. Once again, another little pro tip here, a little pearl. Be involved in your pre-PA clubs because um, you guys can help each other out with getting in. And also, like, you know, as far as what other people are doing, I mean, hopefully the energy of the club is that, you know, everyone moves forward together <laughs> um, kind of deal. And I feel like that's kind of how my club was. Um, yay, go Pioneers. Um, <laughs> but more importantly, when you do have those uh, recruiters come from other schools, from PA, actual PA schools, oh my gosh, they, imagine when you're always trying to get in for pre-counseling appointments to the school of your dreams, right? Now imagine that same counselor coming to your school with all the time on their hands and not a full schedule. Yeah, you're gonna want to go. You're gonna want to go to your club meeting that day. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so that was my experience actually with my with my number one school, which is the school I'm at now. As our recruiter came to one of our meetups um, in undergrad, and I, you know, she spoke so passionately about their program that it was just like I have to be here. So yeah, that was kind of what led me to Oakland. Very nice, very nice. Besides, you know, the personal ties, of course. <laughs> right. Do you ever notice that nobody ever goes to Siberia for a mission trip? It's always somewhere nice. Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not nice. gonna lie. Weather nice, at least. Exactly, and actually, I'm I'm sure we could do another podcast about this. That like, th- I learned so much about other cultures while I was on my um, trips that was offered through the clubs. So much so, like that you realize like life t- lifetime expectancy or life expectancy and things like that um it really helped a lot with understanding how people live in their quality of life and what people consider to be happiness and it it really sure. it makes you think about that like how do i define that in my own world so just a little side wow we're getting deep on a little today's side podcast. Has, i know what's a deep day here <laughs> here at a coffee and cortisol <laughs> it's a deep day no but uh i thought it was really 
it's something that I'll always have with me. It, it looked great on my resume, obviously. And it's something I even touch back on as I proceed to move throughout this whole PA school experience and something I plan to have along with me in my journey as a PA. Awesome. Let's take a quick break here and talk about ourselves, actually. Okay, Rosie, so I think that the two main topics we want to talk about today were experience and the extra things you can do that help separate you as a Hey guys, we just want to remind you to please like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever you're listening. Um, please check out our Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Gmail account. Well, at least just email our Gmail. You can't see that. But um, we will be posting more frequently. You'll be seeing more stuff coming from us. Um, so please check those out. Like and subscribe on all that so that we can uh, see who our fans are um, and you can interact with other fans of the show. And don't forget, leading up to episode 10, we are doing a big Q&A episode. So please uh, send us your email. We already have a few coming in. So uh, keep that going. If you're a fan of the podcast, uh, please send in those emails. Our email is coffeecortisol at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear from you. Thank you for listening. This is Coffee and Cortisol. Your PA podcast. So, David, I also wanted to talk to you a little bit because you brought up, um, you touched a little bit on volunteering, and that's not something yeah. I ended up having to do, um, although I kind of wish I, once again, wish I had, <laughs> yeah. but uh, can you touch on that or to speak to that? So when I was in college and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, um, I went to the local hospitals in the area have volunteering, which isn't great experience. I wouldn't say it's something that you should spend thousands of hours doing, but I think it's a good starting point where... All I did was I'd essentially cart people up and down from the emergency room to their hospital room or wherever they needed to go in the hospital. So I was essentially a glorified transporter. Um, and I don't know if glorified would count for that. So um, it was good experience. I mean, I might have had 100 hours total. It wasn't a ton, but it, it just is a little, it just adds a little diversity to your to your portfolio. So, any pro tips on volunteering or like any perks? that you felt were really... They gave me $5 for lunch every time I volunteered, so it wasn't that horrible. That is awesome. It's nice because they usually <laughs> ask for like two hours at a time. So like in college, when you're busy and you might not have a moment, like if you have like a four-hour stretch, like you can go and volunteer and they'll give you a schedule and it's like once a week. It's not a, it's not a big time commitment. But if you start this freshman year, yeah. you know, by the time you're a senior, you're like you're doing this passive volunteering, you'll eventually have a decent amount of hours. How young were the volunteers in your world? It varied. It was, it was a bimodal projection or okay, distribution nice. I guess uh, which um, for those of you not who aren't in the know so essentially uh, we had a bunch of people who were young college kids and then a bunch of people who were retired senior citizens and not a lot of people uh, who had real jobs in between so it kind of peaked valid and then peaked again so that was essentially I mean it's college kids looking to get experience and then old people trying to kill time I know in um, here at the hospitals I was at we would have you know, people as young as like high schoolers coming in. So yeah, yeah, we had a few high schoolers. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, you know, if you're in high school and you're listening to this podcast, you know, that's that's also a great experience because a lot of times they won't let people under eighteen take care of patients. So that's a good way to kind of get started and uh, just we be helpful. We jump on it, by the way, if you are listening yes, to this yes, podcast. Wow. Just know <laughs> your life. Way, yeah, you already know what you want to do. Way Congrats. out of us. <laughs> so I think uh, I want to wrap up this episode, unless you have anything else you'd like to add. No, I think that this is it. What were you thinking about with the frame? So I just wanted to say with with whatever you do, you just figure out a way to frame it that it makes, makes you positive, uh, makes your application positive. So... You know, if, if you're playing basketball, 
you know, apply that team leadership, that team cohesion working for you. If you're going to Panama for spring break, also mission trip, you know, mention that and, and just frame it in whatever way makes you shine the best. And, and that's part of it is just uh, leadership experience with, with playing basketball or I can't think of other examples, but whatever, whatever the case may be, just frame it to make it positive for you. Awesome.